We got we got squiggly blue lines. That means we're back in business. <laughs> another week, another week of World War Two. Good evening, everybody. How are you, Ned? I'm well. How are you, Brad? I'm very well, my friend. I'm very well. Are you ready to talk about the war? I am. The uh, war that never ends. The war that never ends. You uh, you got something fun to talk to me about tonight. Is it fun? Is it fun? Yeah, it's a little bit fun. It is kind of fun. Yeah, there's still some yeah. serious edge to it. I don't want this to become the uh, the goofy uh, the goofy war show. No, I no. Want, but this is to... a uh, this is an interesting little piece of uh, history during the Second World War that lasted for a considerable amount of time. Yeah. And uh, at different points had a lot of intrigue, a lot of politics, a lot of infighting. And a little bit of entertainment. And yeah. a little bit of romance. And some romance is made famous by a Hollywood movie. Yeah, so this is what this is the theme today. I'm going to be talking about Casablanca. It's going to be a little meta, because I'm going to be talking about the film Casablanca. Okay. And I'm going to be talking about what the film Casablanca is about. Okay, great. So, how am I going to do this? I don't really know. Well, I don't have off, a plan. Well, let's start off uh, somewhat, uh, you know, categorically. Let's yeah. look at why Casablanca is what it is, What what which would then mean what is North Africa, why it was what it was. The starting point is Vichy France. Okay, yeah. So let's let, let's just say a few things about the film Casablanca. I think most people, if they haven't actually seen it, at least you know have a sense of what it's about. Play it again, Sam. Play it again, Sam. It's a movie set in the city of Casablanca in 1942, uh, and the city of Casablanca at that point was in um, French Morocco, and it was specifically Vichy French Morocco. So uh, let's go back a couple of years. Sure. Let's go back to 1940 and talk about, well, what's Vichy France and why did they have a bit of Morocco? Well, uh, France had been occupying Morocco since uh, the early 19th century um, under, under its various republics and empires. Um, but uh, one day it ran into uh, Nazi Germany. <laughs> yeah. And I think we talked about the we, Battle of France we've had in, a podcast God, in, in one of the, our earlier ones. Yeah. So France despite having the battle named after it, did not actually win the Battle of France. And on, I believe it's the 22nd of June, uh, 1940, they surrendered to the Nazis. So so the Nazis sat down with uh, with their representatives, specifically a gentleman named Marshal Pétain mm -hmm. and his government, and they, they, they worked out a deal. And the Nazis said, well, we, we clearly won this war, so we're going to take three-fifths of your country, and we're going to occupy it. It's sort of the north and the west. So they got they got the bits that bordered Germany, and they got the bits that bordered the uh, the yeah. Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, the rest of it was uh, was ruled or, or um, administered, I think is probably the best way to yeah. say it, administered as a puppet regime by Marshal Pétain and his government from the city of Vichy. So they got the south of the, of the country, so the bits that bordered the Mediterranean, and uh, and um, the uh, the west of the country. Sorry, the east of the country. East of the country. Yeah. Um, what they also got, and this is what's going to be crucial, is Vichy France was allowed to hold on to the old French Empire. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the the French Empire at that point had been like the I think the, the second largest empire in the world after Britain. So it had significant holdings in Africa, including West Africa, including North Africa, including Madagascar. It also had uh, significant holdings in um, Indochina in East Asia. Which would now be Vietnam, Cambodia. Yeah. Exactly. The other thing Vichy France got to hold on to was their navy. So there were specific caps put on um, the Vichy France's army. I think it was 100,000 troops, which I think was actually 
the cap that they put on the German army after yes. World War One. So, so there, there was probably a little a bit catty, of catty, catty yeah. bit of Well, I mean, it was so catty that uh, Hitler had them drag out the, the old uh, uh, railway, railway carriage, carriage that uh, that yeah. they signed uh, the, the armistice. armistice yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, there was there was clearly yeah. some some reciprocity. Classy, in classy yeah. guy, that Adolf yeah. Hitler. Yeah. Uh, so the Vichy Navy, uh, no joke. The no, no navy, was was yeah. was absolutely no joke. And in fact, the Kriegsmarine, the the the, the German navy, was was kind of ticked off about this uh, because they, they could were, have really used that. I think they were looking at those surface vessels, yeah, uh, the sizable fleet, quite a strategic asset, and just wringing their hands like, oh goodness, yeah. now all of a sudden the Kriegsmarine, you know, triples in size. Yeah, almost. exactly. Yeah. Um, Another country that was very interested in what happened to the French Navy was obviously Britain. Yes. Because if the Germans got the French Navy, uh, they that, would have used it to invade Britain. That could have been the war. And that was, that was sort of the next step in Hitler's plan. But the problem is, although, problem, I don't know if it was a problem, it, was, it turned out to be a, a complication, the wrinkle was. Mm -hmm. So although um, uh, Vichy France was was a puppet regime. Right. It collaborated with the Nazis in you know oh, the yes. most horrendous of its crimes. Yeah, it wasn't actually a belligerent during World War no, Two. No, it wasn't. It wasn't no. allied. No, it wasn't no, an, exactly. It wasn't yeah. an allied par partner with the not with uh, Germany or Italy and Japan. And it also wasn't an ally to the Allies. No, to the exactly. Allies. So yeah. so all those bits all those imperial bits and the the naval bits had a really ambiguous status nobody knew which way they were going to go and frankly like certain bits went the way that their sort of most direct administrator their most direct governor wanted we them want to go them yeah. wherever his political yeah, leanings exactly. were yeah exactly yeah exactly so so if you look at the navy um, britain did the uh, the thing that it, it traditionally did when when faced with a uh, with a with a large European conquering power, they did the same damn thing uh, against the uh, against the Danish, Danish actually during during uh, the Napoleonic Wars, which was basically they gave the French Navy an ultimatum and said either you come over to our side or we're going to sink you in your port. Yeah, and this was the first thing Britain did during the war because it was the only thing they could do. Mm -hmm. So so they they certain places uh, where the French French had naval forces they were met with this ultimatum they surrendered or they sailed off to Martinique or they, yep. they scuttled their yeah, own vessels scuttled their own vessels but for the most part they actually held out the oh, yeah. the Vichy France forces so in um, Mer El Kabir which is the probably the first significant military action Britain took after the fall of France was actually taken against the French, yeah. where they, they, this is in North Africa, they sailed into port, they issued an ultimatum, and then they started shelling the, uh, the yeah. French vessels in port, sinking a couple of vessels, killing about 1,200 yeah. Uh, yeah. Damaging French Damaging several more, pretty yeah. much rendering somewhat ineffective uh, that yeah. small fleet that was in, uh, in, in port. The second place that they, they did this was, was Dakar in Senegal, where again, France had a, had a or sorry, they tried it, where France had a, a few ships holed up. Right. Uh, they went in, this time it wasn't just the Brits, they used, because, okay, so, sorry, let's, let's jump back again, to, yeah. to lay, let's lay out the politics, let's not jump into the war right now. So when France, when France falls, you've got obviously the Pétanistes, the Vichy regime, mm -hmm. um, you've got de Gaulle, 
who yeah, was, was, was not the, really not the most significant. No, no, no he was no. like a lieutenant colonel, actually. Was he only a lieutenant colonel? He was a battalion commander yeah. uh, when the war started. And I think by the fall of France, he may have been commanding a brigade or yeah. a demi-brigade or, yeah. or something like this. So he may be a brigadier, but he was just one of the only French yeah. leaders to stick around yeah. and was more than willing to keep the fight going. And that's it. Yeah. That's all that he's good for. Like, that's all he's famous for. So, so de Gaulle becomes the figurehead of what becomes known as Free, Free France. France. So he, he takes off on the fall of France. He takes off to Britain and becomes basically the, the representative of Free France or France in yeah. Britain. Because the, the government of France, you know, facing imminent defeat refused to flee, right? Yes. They didn't become a government in exile the way, you the know, Dutch I think the did, Czechs the and the Dutch. Yeah, the yeah, Czechs, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. they said they said we're going to we're going to stay close yeah. to uh, to France. And they they became they became the the Vichy regime. There are other significant players. So, um General Giraud, one of the other major generals, um didn't really go either way. He didn't go collaborationist, he didn't go free France. He actually got himself arrested for executing um, German saboteurs. That's right. So this Giraud, who's going to become a become a significant player, um, got himself arrested by the Germans. Was court-martialed, actually acquitted by a German court-martial. Wow! But still sent to uh, to a prison in Germany, but managed to escape. And we'll we'll come to him later <laughs> on. Yeah. Other players, significant military French military players, like uh, Admiral Darlon. Darlon. Oh, he's going to play a big part. This guy is he, a shifty character. He is. So what did I read in Anthony Beaver's book? It was something, someone described him as this is an admiral who knows how to swim. That's exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knew which way the winds were blowing at any moment. And I don't mean that in terms yeah. of a sailing vessel perspective. Yes. yes. Totally. This is the most political admiral in the history of political admirals. So when France was falling, again, Britain was obviously had this concern about um, about what was going to happen to the French Navy. So so Churchill went to them, uh, Churchill or Churchill's representative went to them and said, yeah. OK, so if you are going to surrender, you know, we prefer it if you didn't surrender. Yeah. But if you are going to surrender, could you scuttle the Navy? Yeah. And and Darlon said, you got it. We are definitely <laughs> going to scuttle the Navy, the Navy that I am responsible for. for. The next day, he was number two in Peyton's government. Yeah. Now, he got booted out as number two in Peyton's government in short order. He was still the, the head of the Navy, but he, he lost his sort of political, political station. Position. It was taken over by Pierre Laval. But So he had power, but he also had resentment, and that's going to play a role oh, yes. later on as well. So you've got this a, a nation... With far-flung territories, a sizable navy, and this roiling, unstable internal politics, yeah. and also this complete ambiguity. Nobody knows where they stand in this war. And it was the only place where, t to some degree, and I don't, you know, to some degree, all the players of the Second World War were interfacing with, with each other in one place. Yes. Without shooting each other. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like this sort of, like, that's why the movie, you get this from the movie Casablanca, yeah. and, and you sort of, this is sort of becomes, I think, the, the crux of, of our podcast tonight is the intrigue going on exactly. in North Africa yeah. at this time is incredible. Because they did shoot each other at certain places. Like I was talking about the raid on Dakar. Yes. So Dakar, there were some French ships holed up there. Uh, the Brits, having, you know, sunk uh, and killed significant number of, of Frenchmen at uh, Mirakak. Kabir, 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 
was like, eh, we didn't, that wasn't good. That wasn't good. You know, we showed yeah. our resolution, but that's not the way we want to resolve these things. So they're like, De Gaulle, throw some free French guys on these ships. We'll sail down there and we'll try to, you know, negotiate yeah. uh, the scuttling or the surrender of these vessels. Did not work. The free French flew in there, got arrested. arrested. Got <laughs> so, so then they tried the hard way. They, they tried a, like a, an all-on assault. That didn't work either. So that was an unsuccessful attempt. The most interesting um, attempt, and then we're now moving on to sort of 1942, so yeah. we're, 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 we're jumping ahead a bit, was Madagascar. I didn't even know the oh, war the touched Madagascar. Yeah, yeah there the was invasion an invasion of Madagascar. Madagascar. And it was really put with a French face on yes. that invasion. Even though it was very much a British, East African, I think some Australians. There were some, there were yeah. some Australians. I think there were some Dutch. Yeah. The interesting thing about that, it was Vichy France land defense being supported by Japanese submarines. <laughs> so actually, Japanese mini-subs managed to sink a British tanker and damage a British battleship. In their in their attempt to land on uh, on, on Madagascar. Madagascar, eventually they won the battle for Madagascar. It was pointed out that actually the um, the 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 Vichy French defense of Madagascar lasted longer than the defense of France, <laughs> which um, is strange. Yeah, because a lot of the troops, the a lot of the troops were free French. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, was a, it was a free French invasion French versus French. Yeah, 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 and and, and not insignificant uh, they're more than willing to well. fight each other than the yeah. germans <laughs> yeah which is strange yeah so anyway i mean i think that's that that was an interesting battle yeah. just the japanese component in there yeah. uh yeah, the, the free french players. i think the dutch were in there somehow probably anyway. free dutch yeah yeah, no yeah and this was this was just after um what is it the Z task force task force Z. yeah yeah so yeah. um and uh the the japanese sailing around into the indian ocean, the ocean and attacking ceylon, ceylon. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sri Lanka. I don't yeah. know. What Sri Lanka. Yeah. Modern day Sri Lanka. Yeah. So, so the, the British were very paranoid in the Indian Ocean. Anyway, all that to say, it was a it was a roiling mess. Yeah. In terms of uh, mixed loyalties and and loyalties jumping back and forth, as we'll we'll see with uh, with Admiral Darlong. Comes sort of to the, yeah, because this comes to a bit of a head in 1942. In 1942, let's talk about 1942, sure. and now let's jump over and let's talk about the movie. Okay. Um, Casablanca. Which came out in 1942. Now, Casablanca, uh, the production started in January of 1942. It, it was released in November. That's significant. We'll get to that in a mm -hmm. second. It was based on a play, an unproduced play, written by by a, a man and wife um, that uh, that they were writing from their experiences. I, I, they they were they were a Jewish couple who had um, gone over to Austria just after the Anschluss mm -hmm. to assist their relatives get some uh, some valuables out of that out country. Of Austria. Yeah. On their way out of there, they uh, they for some reason were in Tangiers on their way out of there, went to this uh, this bar called Vox Cinema, which was apparently like the the bar to go to okay. in um, in in Tangiers and it was it was notable for having an African American pianist playing and singing and this this multicultural mix of, okay. of clientele hanging out there. This was before the war. This was around 1938. Sure. But uh, this is what inspired them. They went ho uh, home. They wrote a play called, I think it was called Everybody Comes to Rick's. Yes. Rick's Cafe. I'm yeah, Rick's can. Cafe. This gets picked up by a producer and turned into a movie. A very good movie. As I say, I'm sure either people have seen it or heard of it. If you've only heard of it, I strongly recommend you see it. It really is very good. It's a good movie. Any movie from that time, one of the best things about it, 90 minutes. Man, I love oh, that. Yeah, yeah, short yeah. movies. Short yeah. movies. But to the they, point. They pack so much in. 
and and they and and this is a this is a remarkable movie for because it, it takes place primarily there's a there's a kind of a clunky flashback to Paris, but it primarily takes place within a single setting, a, a bar in uh, in Casablanca called Rick's American Cafe or Cafe, Cafe American. American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's run by a gentleman named Rick who's who's played by uh, Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart. I know Marlon Brando. Humphrey yeah. Bogart. <laughs> And and this is the place to come. Casablanca, as is explained in the intro to the movie, is the place where refugees trying to get out of out of occupied Europe go in order to get to Lisbon is their ultimate destination. Well, yeah. America is their ultimate destination, but they take this very roundabout route down through Marseille to Oran in uh, Alger Algeria through to Casablanca, where they wait for visas, and they wait, and they wait, and they to, wait. To so it's filled with these, these yeah, to go to yeah. Lisbon and on to America. So, so, so Rick's, uh, the way Casablanca is portrayed is, is um, and the way Rick's is sort of the microcosm of it, it's just filled with these, these sort of, not dissolute, but down on their luck Europeans, formerly wealthy, trying to sell their jewelry, and they're just waiting and waiting, trying to get their hands on either a legitimate exit visa yeah. or a fake exit visa. The, the refugees from yeah. Nazi Germany. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you see every type of ethnicity in Casablanca, the movie, except for one, and that is Moroccans. There, <laughs> yeah, I, there, there are, are no, no Moroccans with speaking parts in, yeah, in this movie. I think I think some of the uh, the gendarmes are are supposed to be Moroccan, but that is actually one thing you don't see. Yeah, and and. So setting that aside, because that's actually a very interesting layer in the politics, because because we were talking about like the ambiguous status of Vichy, because this is French colonial Morocco, but it still has like a Moroccan leader. It's Sultan Mohammed V yeah. is the actual titular oh, really? monarch of, of Morocco. So this is third level. You've got the Nazis, <laughs> you've got the Vichy French, Vichy's, you've, you've got, got the Moroccan you've got the Moroccan government, who yeah. doesn't really play a part in this. And yeah. really what's what's going on in this movie is that the central tension is about there's this uh there's this met gentleman named Victor Laszlo who is a, a Czech I don't want to say dissident Czech resistance figure Party, yeah. who has fled the Nazis down to to Casablanca and is awaiting um, some exit visa papers that that Rick has his hands on. Meanwhile, the Nazis have come here in the form of of uh, Major Strasser, nice. who uh, who is seeking to to prevent uh, this Victor Laszlo's flight from from Casablanca. The the titular the 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 you know the purported authority here is actually the prefect of the French police, Vichy Louis. French police, Louis, Louis, Louis. Renault. Yeah. Uh, oh man, such a, such a good part. Um, and he, yeah, and he, Claude Rains. And he plays a very, much like a Darlan type character where he's flip-flopping. He's flip-flopping, although movie, he still has the, always yeah. has the heart yes. for France. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's insulted that France was occupied. But for now, he'll go where the winds will blow. Right. Him, he so. sees. He sees that there's no. There's no realistic prospect for resistance, and he's yeah. not gonna. He's not gonna go down as a as a martyr. No. 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 no he's not. No. Unlike unlike Victor Laszlo, who I think who is would, sort of, yeah, yeah, who's a resistance fighter, will. And then you've not. got Humphrey Bogart, Rick, who is sort of a made up character because he yeah. doesn't really represent anything, but. He is portrayed as a former resistance figure in that he he ran guns to the Ethiopians during the Italian oh, invasion. I didn't that yeah, yeah, and he was he was involved with the uh, oh, and he was a, he fought for the loyalists, the Republicans in in, uh, uh, in Spain. Civil War. Yeah, yeah, of course, very so, romantic. Yeah, 
in theory, Civil War Spain. Yeah, Not yeah, but I mean, it's certainly like I mean that was a very sort of archetypal romantic. Yeah, of course. Thing to do, yeah, you know, go like fight for yeah, the Republic. Yeah. yeah, Orwell did it, Hemingway yeah. did, did it, it, you know, yeah. all sorts of poets went yeah. and did it, you know, a bunch of people who died and you never yeah. heard of them did it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the the what is it the um, the Lincoln Brigade was yeah, the American. Brigade, yeah, Lincoln Brigade, and then the Canadian one was the Mackenzie Papineau. Oh, what did they? I, I, I didn't yeah, know that Mackenzie there was Mackenzie Papineau Battalion. Yeah, it was made up. It was a mix of Canadians and Americans, but predominantly. So what's very interesting about this movie is, um, so there's, well, there's many interesting things about this movie. One of the, the interesting things about this movie is a lot of the actors who are playing, including the guy who plays Major Strasser, the, the Nazi figure, mm -hmm. were actually refugees from Nazi Germany. Amazing. Yeah. So the guy who plays the dissident, who plays uh, the resistance Laszlo. figure, Laszlo, was, was, was an Austrian who fled in the, the late 30s. Uh, the guy who plays Major Strasser has fled in the mid 30s. Um, Peter Lorre, the guy who plays the, the unscrupulous, um, forger who, oh, okay. who get who gets uh, arrested and then, then dies in custody, uh, was a famous actor in, in the sort of Weimar, uh, period. He uh, was, Germany, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was in, he was in, um, Fritz Lang's famous movie M. Okay. I say it's a famous movie. I haven't seen it, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know of it. Heard of anyway, it. anyway, so, so a lot of, a lot of the people are sort of acting parts that they should know. You know, right, in, yeah. in an interesting They're way. And the other interesting thing is, like, this movie was made in 1942 when these things were going on oh, at the same time. Right. And it, it went into production in January, and it was rushed out in November. And the reason it was rushed out in November of 42 was because all of a sudden, Casablanca wasn't some obscure little side story to the war. It was, it was actually <laughs> where, where the action was taking place. Because what happened in November of 1942 was what was called Operation Torch, which was the Anglo-American invasion of North Africa. Right. North Africa had been a theater in the war since... 40? 40? Yeah. 40? The, Italians, the Italians who were in Libya, which is sort of like in the middle of North Africa... Tried to invade Egypt. Uh, Egypt. <laughs> they didn't get very far, defeated. and then the yeah the Brits counterattacked, and, and then the Germans under Rommel came yeah. in. So that had been going back and forth. And that was still the, going on in forty two. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, uh, Rommel was on the on the retreat in the yeah. uh, eastern desert to some degree, but uh, still dangerous. But that was still going on. But Torch was an opening of a second front. Exactly. So that was sort of the eastern edge of North Africa. Torch was the opening of the front on the western edge where. Uh, British and American forces, and I can't remember who landed where, but yeah. landed in the port of Oran in Algeria. They landed, and they landed in Casablanca, Casablanca, in yeah. in in Morocco, and this was accompanied or was um, uh, preceded by Just, some pretty serious intrigue of the oh, kind yeah. that uh, that took place in uh, in the movie. And I really think there's a so well, tell us about the intrigue. Let's talk so about so it. yeah, let's let's talk yeah. about the intrigue because I'm trying to remember it's exactly fun, actually, and it it shows to some degree how because the Americans were a new ally, you know, new to this game of war generally. This was going to be their first operation in Europe, and this was their first sort of play with with this boiling pot insanity of Vichy France. 
their first time in the diplomatic realm with this, and they really did not read those. No, well. yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's easy to paint the, the those crude caricatures of sort of the innocent, you know, bumpkin yeah. Americans coming in. And I'm not saying that's everything. fair, but I just don't think they appreciated the complexities of what was going on there. Well, so the idea is, and I mean, we've seen this, you know, play up in our in our own lifetimes, the notion that we're going to start an invasion of the country and the people will rise up and, <laughs> right. and, and join us in and theory, support us as liberators. In theory, would be uh, a safer bet here because the people that are going to rise up aren't actually Moroccans. No, no. Yeah, let's be clear. When, when <laughs> yeah. they say the people, I actually mean the, yeah, the, the military. The Vichy French yeah. military, which was based in, uh, based in North Africa at the time. And they were defending these ports. Like, this was like a Normandy, we think of like, you know, amphibious landings of World War II, so we think of, you know, the island hopping campaign in the Pacific, we think of the invasion of Sicily, we think of, of Normandy. And this was like that, only the troops defending the coast were French. Fra Again. And, and there was a there was a free French contingent and there was in a free the French invasion, I call it Anglo-American. Yeah, but no, there was no. a small free French so, contingent. So they had been, sorry, I should have, should I have? Maybe I'm just going to needlessly complicate this <laughs> issue. But the way that, particularly the Brits, because the Americans weren't really in this, the way the Brits and the Free French under Gaulle related to each other yeah. was a constant problem. So, you know, I, I talk about like Mir al-Kabir, you know, bad. Don't do yeah. it that way. Let's bring the, the Free French in and do yep. Dakar and maybe that will work. That, nah, didn't, work. that didn't work that yeah. well. Let's try making it predominantly at least, you know, in, in its representation of free French operation, as yeah. in Morocco. Morocco. Well, or uh, Madagascar. Sorry, sorry, Madagascar. Yeah. Well, that, that didn't, worked, but it but took a very really, long time. But yeah. they, the, yeah. the Vichy friends were more than willing to fight against yeah. de Gaulle. Yeah. yeah. They didn't love him. And the way, the way like, like Britain and France related to each other. My understanding is, having read Beaver's book, yeah. is that, that de Gaulle and Churchill got to along better than I thought they, they did. They did. And I think uh, Churchill... Because Churchill needed de Gaulle uh, in the early stage of the war, yeah. up until America entered the war. Yeah, and, and de Gaulle and the Americans did not get along. They did not. In fact, Roosevelt detested de Gaulle. Yeah. He detested him, hated him, and was more than willing to just have him passed off, and was actually more than willing to put a Vichy French leader in charge of the free French forces once they liberated North so Africa. So this, this comes to the issue. So... Operation Torch was almost like a like a precursor to D-Day in yeah. terms of like you know it was an amphibious was landing a, and it was an extraordinarily large amphibious landing. It was a, it was a landing. huge landing. Yeah, yeah it, was, it doesn't get the play anymore. I think yeah. uh, from historians as much as it should. It's not in the popular conscience of. But they're of, putting of, like a hundred and some odd thousand men ashore. Sizable. In, yeah. And you know what's interesting too is the bulk of that invasion force. You know where it came from? Norfolk, Virginia. Yes, it did because it, it did. Flew, it, sorry, it flew. It sailed directly across, across the Atlantic, Atlantic and it landed did. on North Africa. Yeah. yeah, that must have been awful. Well, but think of the like, think of the strategic aspect of that. The implications of what that means. Like, we can take a fleet. Like, and, and there was lots of pro like if you do yeah. a you know a, a staff college assessment of, the, of of Torch, you will find raging gaps. Like just dumb luck more than uh, good planning. And I think that was sort of ruled out with D-Day. Like, they, yeah. uh, nothing was sent to luck. Torch had a lot of luck 
you know, and there was a lot of instances where it was going to fall uh, flat on its face. So, I mean, launching the invasion, a the biggest portion of the invasion from North America, in hindsight, probably seems kind of yeah. dumb. But it, it, it God, was done. Like that those was, troops must have been oh, so cramped like and dying soggy. to get off those yeah, ships. They'd be like, oh, my foot's falling asleep. <laughs> I will trying definitely to land the on beach. this beach yeah. right now. Yeah. I will give anything to get off this ship. Uh, yeah, really quite impressive when you think about it. Right, sorry, but yeah, we sorry. totally got this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we were talking about, yes. Uh, Roosevelt did not like, did not no, like De Gaulle, tried to sideline, and completely sidelined him for the for the planning oh, yeah. of, uh, of Torch. Of didn't even really tell him, didn't even want to engage him on yeah. it. Yeah, so like, what no. they did do was look for another Frenchman who uh, exactly. who could who could take on. And the first guy they lighted upon was this General Giraud. That's right. Who had... Uh, had been imprisoned by the Germans. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's an interesting guy. I guess he wasn't that bright, called him to Beaver, according to de Gaulle, but he had a great mustache. And I looked at a picture of him. He's a good-looking dude. He's, he's tall, he's slender, great big, you know... Burly mustache. Bur yeah, really, I see really the Americans nice. eating that up. Yeah, That's yeah. the caricature of a French general, you know? Something like that. So, so this was their guy, and he was—I don't know—he he was some kind of general. He wasn't, yeah, but he wasn't the highest-ranking Frenchman in North Africa when the invasion went down. No. Because by luck would have it, Darlon, Admiral was... Darlon was in town because <laughs> his son, a lieutenant, was sick with polio. Yeah. I did not know you could get into the military with polio. Oh, I think but he got apparently... polio afterwards. Didn't he? Oh, did he? Oh, I think okay. he was contracted. Oh, okay. I think he contracted. I always thought you got yeah. polio as a kid. But it's such a. Fun... I don't know much about polio. No, I don't. Yeah. Which is strange because, well, then, yeah, Roosevelt had Roosevelt polio. Roosevelt had too. polio. Yeah. No, he got it as an adult. He got polio as an adult. Did Roosevelt? He was Secretary of the Navy during World War One, and he was struck down with polio uh, during the First World War, like in oh. 1919, 1920. I always yeah. thought it was one of those kids. No, no, you can get it as an adult. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There you go. Right. Get it as an adult. You won't get it as a kid. You won't get it as an adult. You just keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. Just have it forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, by fluke, by freak of nature, Darlan happens to be in North Africa. At this so time. the whole idea was, we're going to come ashore and we're going to bring this general. I like to think that he's going to be carried ashore, like in a pelican <laughs> or whatever they're called. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and by dint of this general's authority, he will order these Vichy French... Uh, put, put down your arms, your arm, down your join arms. us, yeah, exactly. or just whatever, yeah. hang out, but join us. Yeah. But they suddenly run into a problem, because all of a sudden this guy whose authority they're going to rely on can be actually be uh, overruled by a higher-up general. Who's there? Who Or admiral, who, who happens to be in town, yeah. uh, visiting family. Yeah. But again, this is a this is an this is a sailor who knows how to swim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they actually like bring General Mark Clark, I believe. Yes. Yeah, they bring him yes. ashore in a in a submarine. In a he submarine. He came ashore through like we didn't come ashore in a submarine, but he was no, landed yeah, by yeah. covertly by submarine. Yeah. yeah. To go in, do and some it, uh, do some hanky panky, yeah, some some, some negotiating with yeah. with Admiral Darlan. Darlan. Whose word is as good as uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. paper it's written on? Yeah, yeah. If it's made his paper made assurances before. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds super. Yeah, yeah I could, I I'll could do, do that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now Beaver isn't very clear on this. Somehow Mark Clark loses his trousers. Yes, I heard about this. And he yes, doesn't. I mean, he doesn't explain how. Like yes. you can't just drop he, a little. I think a little he lost bomb his trousers like during the during his landing by submarine or something and swimming ashore. 
I don't know. All right. Well, it's interesting a little bit because if you know Mark yeah. Clark, he's an ego. He's yeah. got a massive ego, Mark yeah. Clark. But the and, 1940s, uh, they had very baggy trousers. I imagine they catch a lot of off. drag. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So he's running pantless around, trying yeah. to negotiate with Darlon to you know wheel this deal. And uh, Darlon says, yeah. Yeah, so so oh, they're yeah. like, super duper. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll catch you in a week or so when we, <laughs> when we land with a hundred and some odd thousand troops. <laughs> Is that what happened? Oh, word for word? Well, what? No, what no, did no. happen? So what did happen is they do land. Yes. They, uh, they're like, yeah, this is great. Let's go see, let's go see, see Darlon. Darlon. Our buddy Darlon. They're meeting with Darlon. All of a sudden, uh, it, wait, now I can't remember the order that this goes in. They're meeting with Darlon and either the Vichy gendarme burst in and arrest them. Or free French troop um, resistance guys yeah. come in and arrest them. I can't remember either. It's one of the well, obviously it's one of the two. Yeah, it's one of the two. There's this there's this comedy of errors scene where I believe um, they go to see him. They get arrested by some sort of rogue free French who are yeah. trying to arrest Darlon because he's a Vichy collaborator. Yeah, yeah. They are then ambushed by Vichy gendarmes who arrest <laughs> who arrest them. The the, uh, the 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 free French. Eventually, it gets straightened out, yeah. as I as I understand it. Now, I'm correct me if I'm wrong because I didn't actually get all the way to the end sure, of, end of this. Darlon switches sides. He's like he does. He, he does switch sides. He is. I mean, so the landings were not the, the landings were opposed in many of the locations. And no one's really sure if that's because Darlon's word was garbage, which it was typically, or did it just not, was it just not yeah. informed? Or, or, or is or, it simply that other people were like, no, I actually as, quite like this Because as we discussed earlier tonight in the podcast, where your sector, your battalion, your whatever landed really rested on the commander in that zone, what he wanted. Yeah. And so in some cases, yeah, they actually started opposing these landings. Despite Any, the fact that Darlon himself, I think, saw the writing on the wall, like, okay, you know, I'm a, I'm a senior officer in a puppet regime that's being propped up by Nazi Germany and fascist Italy that's now engaged in a, in a war with the USSR, the United States, and, yeah. and Britain and the Commonwealth. Yeah. We're not winning this. So I know what's, I know what side to fall on now. So long story short... All yeah. this happened in November. Yeah. All of a sudden, Casablanca is in the news. Yeah. I think you can see this in a few. There's a few clumsy edits in Casablanca, the movie. The producers are like, whoa, we need to get this out there. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, they um, release it in, I believe, November 22nd. Yeah, so, when was the landing? Uh, I, think, I think, I swear it was like two weeks before. Oh, like wow. it was, they had this was in crazy. the can, Man, ready a, to go. Whatever, whoever the, like... Whatever the whatever the MGM or whatever the production yeah. Warner, company is, Warner. Warner, yeah, what a gold mine! Absolutely, <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the landing happened, and it wasn't it wasn't an expensive movie to make. It was all soundstage. Sure. Yeah, um, the you know there's scenes of uh, there's scenes of German army marching into Paris, but that's all yeah, just newsreel clippage. Yeah, it's just a clippage file, file footage. footage file yeah, footage. yeah. So it's it's and and you can see it's like it's mostly shot in in a single uh, on a single set. Yeah, but it's great. It's like it's it's a swirling, very brisk. Um, yeah, lots of it's very it's very economical. Like you know, 
you, you only see a character for one scene, but there's enough in that scene that you like you develop a feeling for that character sure. and you care about their fate. Sure. You don't know what their fate is because yep. you know there's so many people like you know crossing paths and moving on. So it's it's very good that way. Anyway, so yeah. that's how the movie went out. One best picture and uh, must have been the I don't know when they do the um, the Oscars Academy Awards. It's it's tomorrow. It is tomorrow. Sunday, I wasn't yeah. going to say that because I don't want people to know how long yeah. it takes me to edit. This thing. <laughs> yeah, but um, well, it's, yeah, but I don't know if they're a couple weeks late. I don't know if they're doing them in, in February. Yeah. If, uh, anyway, they, yeah, it won it won best picture. Other reverberations are so um, Operation Torch. Uh, Operation Torch is a success. Barely. Barely, but it, but it, but it yeah. is a success. It leads directly to Germany saying, screw you, this, Vichy France. We can't trust you. And just you. occupying the rest of France. Yeah, so Vichy France is gone now. Vichy France is gone, but before the Germans make it down to Toulon, where the bulk of the French Navy is uh, not being stored, is... Uh, In port, tied up. Tied up. The French actually finally scuttled their Navy, they which, like... Britain had been running across the globe trying to accomplish. Yeah. It finally gets done. And poor Admiral Dallon. What happened to him? So this is a man who had played every side six ways from Sunday. Yeah. The one side he didn't think about. The monarchists. Oh, who yeah. knew there were monarchists? He <laughs> gets assassinated. By monarchists. In December of 42 by this 20-year-old monarchist. It's like, so have weird. you ever seen Layer Cake? Yes, I it's have. like it's like the, the guy dies at the end of yeah, layer. Yeah. yeah, by by being assassinated by some goofball who's yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. So that's how it that's how it all wraps up. I thought there was some connection with the monarchist kid to the Free French in some way. Oh, uh, maybe or something. I thought there were some rumors that it was actually he uh, may have been. Uh, you know, backed by the Americans to assassinate Darlan or the British. Oh, there was, really? Yeah, there's some rumors out there that there, there's more to the Darlan assassination than just it's a, bit a weird. monarchist. You know, a monarchist wants, you know, this Vichy yeah. collaborator done with. No, there's... Because there's, when you play that much political intrigue, yeah. you make a lot of enemies. Yeah. And this was at a time where, okay, Vichy France is done. Uh, North Africa is secured. Um, you know, the Allies are planning the, the, the landing on mainland Europe. France will be liberated eventually. Uh, Free France has now increased its coffer of troops. Like it, it was yeah. a pretty small fighting force. Yeah, it was. It was a pretty five thousand troops representative. Or yeah, kind of like, like not much. Thing. Yeah. Uh, now all of a sudden, it has an army because it has the Vichy army that was yeah. in North Africa, which is where the bulk of the Vichy army was. Uh, so now all of a sudden, it's a player. Um, so now it's time to settle scores and yeah. I can't help it or like get rid of like some dirty laundry that we don't want sticking around yeah, yeah. after the war is done. This is not going to look good. Let's get rid of this guy. So yeah, there's some talk that there was a, uh, it wasn't just that neat. It wouldn't, it wouldn't no, surprise there was me. too much yeah. nastiness going on. Fascinating story, my friend. Yeah, it was a good Fascinating one. story. Good. I love see it. How long, see how long it... All right. I'm going to grab a beer and signing off. <laughs> So that was good. Uh, another successful evening. Another victory in Brad and Ned. Go to war.